Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Uh, we come to you each week talking movies, uh, all sorts of aspects of movies. We have uh, we have fellow film critics on. We have filmmakers uh, that that come on. Sometimes we just bring Jeff Powell on just because he wants to to hang out and talk with me a little bit about movies. So today, um, for the first time. Uh, we are introducing Mallory Moore. Mallory is a Garden Web University student and a film student. Um, well, we'll call her a film student. She's the BFCA <laughs> scholar. That's the Broadcast Film Critics Association scholar for this semester. And so for the next, until May, yeah. uh, we're going to be hanging out uh, as much as we can, talking uh, about movies and, and all sorts of aspects of that. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for being a part of this. We're really happy to have you here. Um, enjoyed having you in uh, film class uh, last semester and this semester as well. Yep. So we get to talk movies even off the clock here. Yep, so, several days of the week. Yeah, absolutely, yep. absolutely. Well, Mallory, let's, um, for those that have never listened to the show before, uh, we do cover a lot of aspects. We have hot topics from time to time where we may take a filmmaker. We look at a specific filmmaker. We always try to look at box office results, some of the things that are um, that are shining out there, and maybe some of the failures Uh, Look at what's um, opening in theaters, and uh, we also look at DVD and Blu-ray releases from time to time as well. So today we'll we'll cover as much of that as we can, Um, but uh, before that, I do want to give folks a chance to get to know who who Mallory Moore is. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and um, your your love of movies and kind of that early love where that, that started. Yeah, okay. Um, I am from Marytown, Virginia, which is a very tiny uh, town, not really on any map, but it's uh, in the... No map. Yeah. No map. (laughs) Usually when I, you know, you know, Google map it, trying to find my way back home, (laughs) it's not really there. (laughs) Wow. Um, But yeah, it's in the Shenandoah Valley, which is a beautiful area um, of Virginia up in the northwestern part, um, about an hour and a half away from Washington, D.C., Um, and I, uh, while movies were always really important with my family, you know, my parents wanted, uh, us kids in the family to have something fun to do together on Friday night. So when, you know, Netflix came out, it was always easy to just pick a movie to watch together. So I've been watching movies since I was little, um, and loving them. And I think what really started getting me interested in movie trivia and, paying attention to who actors and directors were was when we got our first DVD player. Okay. Um, I was eight years old and we started getting DVDs. And one of the first ones I had was the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. One of my favorite movies as a kid with, um, with Gene Wilder. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so when we got that on DVD, I discovered the bonus features that it right. had. And I think I watched the like the commentary and the making of documentary probably just as much as I watched the actual movie so those kind of um the dvd bonus features yeah. got me interested in paying more attention to films and looking at how they're made and the trivia behind them you know those those you mentioned those bonus features it really does provide opportunities for anybody to become not just a fan of movies, but to become a fan of filmmaking. Yeah, definitely. Because you do get a glimpse of the making of mm-hmm. these films. And you get, you know, not just the special effects aspects, which are great. Right. Uh, matter of fact, I watched one um, last night called From Script to Screen, and it was mm-hmm. looking at the movie Gravity. And, um, you know, you, a movie that's heavy, heavy, heavy on special effects. Right. 
But um, when you get to the essence of what the movie is about, it's not about the special effects. It's about the story um, of, of how do you find hope in a hopeless world right. uh, when everything else seems like mm-hmm. there, there's no way out. How do you find that way out? And that's one of the messages that can come out of that movie. But, um, but, you're, but you're bombarded by all of the effects mm-hmm. that helped to, te- to tell that story. Definitely. And um, those are things, if you're just kind of watching the movie, you don't realize just how much of, of that is, is CG and created by computers. Right. You see this environment, but the, the magic of movie making is to put you in that in that situation where you don't feel like it's, you know, right. that it's fake. Yeah. You feel like it's real and you feel like it's there. And so the bonus features mm-hmm. provide you a chance to kind of, you know, pull the curtain back and, and yeah. see how the wizard does his magic. Mm-hmm. And also they help you realize, you know, how much work goes into Absolutely. a movie. And sometimes a movie that does really well and you see it and you think, oh, that's the best thing I've seen lately. Um, you don't realize that when they were making it, it might have been, you know, a complete disaster yep. and no one thought it was going to succeed. So it's yeah. always interesting to hear those stories that are behind the films yeah. that we love. Yeah. So you've continued that love of, right. of watching movies and mm-hmm. uh, you've gotten deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Yep. I actually, I came to Gardner-Webb um, to college here as a music major. Um, I was a violin performance major, but then... Um, started to not like the whole practicing four hours a day deal. Kind of, kind of took the joy out of it for me. Um, so while that's still a hobby for me, you know, yeah. playing violin and learning music, um, I switched um, my freshman year to an English major since I love writing, I love working with language, um, and one of um, my favorite things to write about is film. So I, you know, started taking the film classes here um, just to expand my knowledge and practice writing about movies. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you, you mentioned violin and mm-hmm. I, I will give a, a shameless plug, actually not just a shameless plug because <laughs> uh, Gardner Webb students, faculty and staff can get discounts for the Don Gibson theater in Shelby, North Carolina. There is a, a band called the Bella strings orchestra, but they're going by the name of violin films. <laughs> um, three, three females uh, who were on, they were on um, Britain's Got Talent and it's a rock and roll show oh, yeah. where they all play violin. Wow. And so uh, if, if you like violin and if you like rock and roll, you know, like strings, maybe maybe check that out. That's yeah. coming up in March nice. uh, at the Don Gibson Theater, so I'll mention that. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you perfect segue into it. <laughs> well, uh, what else do you want to chat about before we dive into uh, some of our topics? Um, well, I guess I can answer your question about what kind of movies yeah. I like. yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I really do love older films. I mean, you know, going back um, to silent movies even, I still love watching those. Um, and I love black and white films. It's yeah. just a completely different style um, right. from, you know, the, the cinematography to especially the dialogue. Right. They talk so much faster in those right. older films and there's so much going on. Um, but I really love um, all genres um, there's not a specific one that I like over the others. I do like comedy, um, things like um, Airplane and yeah. Monty Python. Yeah, the parody, and, the yeah, spoofs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Things like that. Um, and I also love dramas. Um, anything that's really just well-made that'll, right. that'll make you think, maybe kind of raise some intellectual questions or something like that. Okay, so, so story is important to you. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, over the past year, and we'll, we'll, we'll say um, since last last fall, mm-hmm. you've been able to to watch um, a lot of different films and a lot of different styles um, and filmmakers that you probably wouldn't have just watched on your own without right. being asked to or asked <laughs> to consider. Um, who were some of those that um, that either you changed your opinion on or that you said, huh, I don't know that I would have ever watched this person, but I really like them. Are there any of those that have, that have stood out to you? Uh, yeah. Um, this past week, actually, I watched um, Edward Scissorhands, okay. which is something I'd seen clips of it before, yeah. but never the whole thing. And I had always thought, you know, I'm not really sure if I like Tim Burton's artistic style, something about his, you know, it's a very unique um way that he draws when he does animation or right. when he um, just his set designs for his movies. Um, and it kind of, I kind of dismissed it as well. This is just, you know, it's all about the visual style and I'm not really into that, but I really did like uh, Edward Scissorhands and I thought, you know, this has some great deeper meanings about um, outcasts and, um, you know, misunderstood people. So that was a big surprise to me that I ended up liking that so much because I'd see, you know, pictures from it or um, older trailers for it and think, oh, this kind of looks a little weird, but I really liked it. So So, so the reason that you didn't really want to look at it previously was just kind of the weird factor? Yeah. Okay. It it wasn't something that I thought I would like. Yeah. But do you you think that you're going to explore more films from um, Tim Burton after this? Uh, probably, yeah, since I liked it so much. I've actually seen more of his films than I thought I had. Okay. Um, but it definitely changed my opinion of him and made me a little more excited to see yeah. some other things. That film, 27 years old, yeah. 1990 was the release date for mm-hmm. that film, and that, that amazes me. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen so many films, and when people ask me, and they do, Quite often, you know, when they know that I, I watch movies and review films, what's your favorite movie? And I can't, I can't say well, a favorite movie. I don't have a favorite movie. Yeah. Um, I have movies that I would put on my list right. as favorites, mm-hmm. but but I don't have one because I think they're that that's that's like asking, you know, which child is your favorite? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I've I've seen so many, and even today at, during lunch, I was talking to somebody. And they were asking about uh, about the Oscars, which is coming up in, mm-hmm. in just uh, you know a couple weeks, and um, uh, actually less than that, ten days, I think. Um, yeah. So it's coming up a weekend. Yeah. Well, not, ne- this, not this weekend, but next Sunday. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, people are asking me, okay, what's you know what's your favorite movie, even mm-hmm. of the year? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, here's my list. And now when they start saying, what do I think will win, and maybe mm-hmm. why, then I can get into okay, artistically. Here's what I think will win because when you're when you're voting on Oscars, um, you know Oscar voters aren't voting from on the popularity standpoint. Right. You know they are looking at it from the artistic and the mm-hmm. scientific standpoint. I mean it's the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences, yeah. and that's what they do. Is when they look at it, it's not just okay which movie made the most money. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of these films or not even on the radar of the general public. Right, yeah. When the, the nominations came out, there were a couple that I hadn't heard of yet um, that I had to, you know, look up. But when I would watch the trailers, I'd think, you know, wow, this looks, you know, maybe it won't appeal to everyone right. and make a lot of money, but it looks yeah. like it 
has a strong message or it's right. got some really artistic element that'll make it popular with yeah. voters. So. Yeah, and so uh, we'll we'll talk uh, next week. You know, I'd love for us to kind of talk Oscars and maybe talk about some of our predictions. We'll have to do some research on <laughs> that uh, to do that. So that's a tease for next week. Um, so what are you um, what are you looking forward to? down the road as far as the the kinds of films that maybe you haven't explored that you want to to maybe maybe dive into or Um, filmmakers filmmakers okay um well there's I mean there's a lot there are so many movies and every time you watch one you you know you're introduced to a new actor maybe you hadn't heard before or a new writer or director or someone um that you just want to you know, dive into their work, but, um, I'm interested in, you know, um, uh, people like Woody Allen. I had only seen a couple of his films and then, um, I saw more and thought, wow, that's cause he makes a new film every year. So it's, you know, a continuing, (laughs) um, list that you've got to keep updated on. But, um, But, you know, all the, the people like that, that are you know, household names that are very famous um, that I just haven't really had the time in the past to keep up with or I haven't, you know, been interested in them. Um, but, yeah, just people like that. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, let's uh, let's dive into uh, some of our topics. Let's look at uh, last weekend's box office. Okay. Uh, there were several new films yep. uh, that were released uh, last weekend. As far as debuting, uh, I think there were four... Maybe five debuts, but only three of those were in wide release. And mm-hmm. so, uh, give us let's let's talk uh, top five. Give okay. us the top five at the domestic box office here in the U.S. Canada. Okay, so for U.S. box office, um, in number five was Hidden Figures, which has been out for a while, um, and then number four was Split, which was all. It's also been out for a while. I think it's in its fourth or fifth week. Um, and then the top three were new releases. In uh, taking the third spot was John Wick Chapter Two, which was a sequel film. And then the second place was Fifty Shades Darker, also a sequel movie. And then in the number one spot, with a um, weekend gross in the U.S. at fifty-three million, was the Lego Batman movie, um, which is a spinoff. Yeah, spinoff, yeah. a continuation of the the Batman universe, but also the Lego movie from, uh, 2014. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah, you know, for, for three debuts to, to, to pop up in the top, I mean, we knew going into last weekend that, uh, that hidden figures mm-hmm. and, and it split, were probably going to drop out of those, uh, spots. Right. So not really a big, big surprise there. Um, John Wick chapter two, I was really surprised actually that they made a sequel. Yeah. The first movie I enjoyed, um, uh, it was just, pure action and i'm talking violent over the top action i mean the, the body count was like 120 or something that john wick took out and mm-hmm. um you know the storyline was was uh was really kind of simple um it, it almost had a page out of the Wee herman's big adventure book where uh you know john wick uh, now of course Wee herman's not a former assassin but john wick was a <laughs> was a former assassin retired was trying to have a life uh, right. with with his wife this is the first movie trying to have a, a, a life, and you know, a, a normal life. Mm-hmm. His wife dies um, uh, of, we think, cancer early on. I'm, I'm not giving anything away. This is, this is in the first five, ten minutes the movie is set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of her parting gifts is uh, a, a dog, a puppy. Yeah. And so, uh, 
some guys decide to come and steal his car, and uh, and they also harm his puppy. So you never harm anybody's puppy. You can steal their right. car, <laughs> but don't mess with their puppy, mm-hmm. um, especially if um, if they're a trained assassin. <laughs> and so, of course, the rest of the movie is is about him trying to find his uh, car and seek revenge on those who, who you know right. who caused him issues. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. Mm-hmm. There's not really any deeper meaning, but from an action film standpoint. Um, it was really fascinating to watch. Yeah. Uh, the stunt choreography was was incredibly well done. Uh, the guy who directed it was a former stunt man who who knows exactly how to do that kind right. of stuff and do it well. And he also directed the sequel. And the sequel takes place like two weeks after the original. And so that's why it's called oh. Chapter Two. And so it literally does pick up where the the uh, last movie kind of um, okay. and it's not necessarily you don't have to have the uh, huge backstory right but i just gave you the backstory <laughs> you know in five minutes yeah. but um it's uh, I, I will say if, if you liked the first john wick if you like um heavy violence and action um and um, you know explosions and deaths uh, in your action movies, mm-hmm. it's the kind of movie you would want to see. If, if you want something deep on story, don't expect to get that from this. But it's all about yeah. what you're wanting to go for. Mm-hmm. So that's John Wick. Yeah, and I hadn't heard of the first one um, or the second one until I looked up you know, the box office numbers. I didn't even know this film was out. Um, but um, knowing now that it's you know action and uh, violence heavy, I do kind of like you know the Quentin Tarantino yep. type movie, so maybe I'd enjoy it. Yeah. Now, the first one, I don't know. I mean, the first one was kind of a sleeper hit. Um, didn't mm-hmm. cost a whole lot of money to make. Uh, uh, one of the producers of it was Keanu Reeves, who was in that that original. And right. so, um, you know, it, it, it made the money. This one, I don't even know what a budget is on this one. I haven't seen the budget for it. But uh, $31.1 million for opening weekend. Not too bad for a February release uh, right. of a film like this. Um, so, yeah, and, and you know, the, the only major talent um, in this film, um, well, you got Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, there are some, actually, there are some good names that pop up in this film, but not any that are commanding tons of money. Um, but uh, seeing Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves back together again is pretty interesting. They were in the Matrix films together. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and the uh, director of this also did stunt choreography for the Matrix. So, right. kind of interesting to have that uh, director. Uh, and bringing those folks back together again. Split, number four last weekend. It's been um, a a really surprise hit. Yeah. Uh, $9 million budget. M. Night Shyamalan um, really had some stinkers in in previous years. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a huge fan early on. Jeff Powell and I talked about this last week. We were both really big M. Night Shyamalan fans. We would go to every movie Mm -hmm. that he had until the movie called The Happening. And then um, we were both incredibly disappointed with that. And then after that, he had a string of other films that just didn't quite measure up. Yeah. And so um, he's back with Split. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I was surprised when I saw the trailers. I thought, um, oh, this is just going to be a, a horror jump scare movie. Um, but it's, it's not. It actually wasn't that um, scary. You know, it had its moments where you kind of jumped in your seat. But um, it it takes a look at this man who has DID dissociative identity disorder who, um, abducts three young women. Um, and so from the trailers, you know, you think, 
it's going to focus on these three girls trying to get out. And it, you know, it does, but it also shows this man um, played by um, James McAvoy, who did an excellent job in it. But it shows him, you know, going out into public. Um, It shows his therapy sessions. Um, So it's kind of, I guess, emotionally intense more Mm -hmm. than scary to think this man is out there in public just living life and no one knows that he's that he's the one that's captured these three girls um and it also takes a different um approach with this this disorder that he has um it's almost more of a supernatural kind of approach so it definitely goes a different direction than what you'd expect um but it was it was very good okay and so you're rating for this um, <laughs> you give it a report card rating. You know, A minus maybe, okay. B plus somewhere okay. in that. Okay, so it's so great acting. Yeah. Um, good story. Um, yeah. Directing surprised you. Yeah, um, and actually, what surprised me was the reference at the end to another M Night Shyamalan okay. film which I didn't understand, but, you know, it's in the last scene, and when I saw it, I thought, this has got to be a reference to something else. So I was, you know, on my phone as soon as I left the theater trying to figure out what that reference was. But it's interesting that he made that connection, so now it's almost like a a new film universe that he connected these two films that you wouldn't... I mean, I haven't seen the the first one that it's referencing, but you wouldn't think that these two would would have that connection. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're starting to see that more. I mean, uh, Marvel has been brilliant at tying together all of these superhero films through this universe that everything connects to the Mm -hmm. other. And even uh, there's also a Marvel TV universe that's happening on Netflix. Yeah. And even that connects to what's happening in the film universe. Mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a a weekly series that also connects. And so... That's really, um, it's difficult to Mm -hmm. do that and to do it well and to make sure you're not missing anything. Yeah. And so, uh, and we also saw that with the uh, uh, J.J. Abrams film, um, Cloverfield, and then Clinton Cloverfield Lane that also had a connection to Mm -hmm. that film. And uh, and now to see, you know, M. Night saying, hey, you know, maybe I can find a way to do that some of my older works. That's that's pretty cool um, mm-hmm. to do that, and then what it does um, for people who have never seen that original yeah. movie, it'll go back and right. go, I want to watch this. Yeah, and so it's smart. It's smart business. It is. Yeah, it's really smart business. Yeah, and I can only imagine how difficult that must be, especially for the Marvel universe, right. which is you know so complicated um, and has so many different shows and movies because I've you know binge watch things like Friends or different right, shows right. and you start to notice little inconsistencies yep. even within you know one show so yep. to um to have all those um productions to keep up with knowing yeah. that the fans are going to have a keen eye and they're going to you know point out any little mistake yeah. you make it must be pretty pretty tough yeah absolutely and uh and hidden figures uh give us your mm-hmm. take on hidden figures as well Okay, um, Hidden Figures is about three women um, uh, in the the 19, is it 50s or 60s? Late 50s, early 60s. 60s. Um, Three African-American women who are working for NASA, and they're what they call computers, so they're working with numbers and figures. They're all very intelligent, but in their workplace, they're... um, 
their gifts and skills are not appreciated mm-hmm. because they're female and also they are um, they're black. And so it's about these women um, trying to advance in their jobs. Uh, one of them wants to become an engineer. Yeah. So she has lots of different uh, battles there. The other is helping with um, the project of getting a man into space and to orbit the earth. Um, and then the third one, uh, woman wants to be a supervisor in her department. And they're just not, you know, giving her that, that opportunity. So it's uh, based on a true story. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, I thought back to elementary school when we had to learn about, you know, important um, African-American figures in mm-hmm. uh, United States history. And we never talked about this. You know, well, we would... Yeah. Um, so it definitely fits with the title there. They are hidden figures. Yeah, They're people yeah. that history has kind of passed over, mm-hmm. and we don't realize that um, these battles to overcome racism, um, the, you know, they were happening ev- happening everywhere in every yeah. job, and even in these really important moments like United States getting people into space and NASA's achievements um, they're happening there as well, um, and they just don't get talked about. So this film kind of, you know, brought that to light. Um, yeah, and, th- and that, that film touched on racism and sexism as well. Right, definitely. And y- these women, you know, had that double standard, especially the um, the one character who wanted to become an engineer. When she, she wants to get into a, a night class, she has to take, um, and all the other people in that class, they're all men and they're yeah. all white. So yeah. it's a, a double whammy for her that she has to face um, and deal with, you know, two different kinds of discrimination. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, and and I, did you like the movie? I did. Yeah. Um, great acting. Um, Octavia Spencer, who I recognized from the help um, was in it. Um, and there were also, you know, some people that surprised me, um, Kristen Dunst had a role in yeah, it, yeah. and I didn't recognize her at first. I mean, she took on a different accent. They had her in, you know, different, you know, makeup. But I thought, you know, she did an excellent job playing someone who's not very nice. I mean, yeah. it must be hard to to act in a role where um, the character has different beliefs and right. values than you do. Yeah. So yeah. coming across as mean or racist or just mm-hmm. cynical, you know, yeah. must be hard. But, yeah, it, full great. of great actors. Yeah, um, great supporting cast yeah. as well. I mean, I, I thought I thought the acting from top to bottom was solid. Yes, I um, agree. Even the, the kids. I mean, there were some kids mm-hmm. in the movie, too, and they were believable <laughs> yeah. in their roles. I mean, they were just playing, you know, kids and teenagers, mm-hmm. but they were they were believable. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I enjoyed the film. I, it's one uh, definitely worth seeing, and it, it is an Oscar nominee for Best Picture mm-hmm. and has some other uh, nominations, including Octavia Spencer um, for, I think, Supporting Yeah, Supporting. Actress. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend this movie as well if you haven't seen yeah. it. It's, uh, it's um, you know, perfect. It's a, it's a good film to watch anytime, but with it being uh, Black History Month, mm-hmm. um, you know, high recommendation for it uh, from that standpoint. Uh, we've got about three or four minutes so okay. uh you want to talk about blu-rays dvds or what do you want to talk about as a wrap up um sure i can talk about some of those that are coming out um it looked like valentine's day was a big um release day for dvd and blu-ray um arrival and the edge of 17 both were released yesterday 
for DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I haven't seen The Edge of Seventeen yet, but I've heard pretty good things about yep. it. And then Arrival um, is uh, great. I would definitely recommend that one. It's got Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. Um, definitely a film that brings up lots of intellectual questions oh, and make you makes you have discussions. So yeah, yeah, it's a movie that you continue to think about after the film is over, right? Yeah. And um, it is a, also a, nom- a nominee, uh, multiple nominee for uh, the Oscars as well. Check that out. Edge of Seventeen, um, highly recommend that just from a comedy standpoint, a coming-of-age comedy, and uh, a first-time director, uh, female director, uh, pulled this film together. Um, great uh, great cast, uh, Haley Steinfeld in this, and Woody Harrelson. Uh, Woody Harrelson, is a um, he's a supporting role, but wow, I would watch... Mm-hmm. His character, I'd watch a whole movie with just his character um, yeah. as a, uh, a high school um, guidance counselor, teacher, kind of a combo uh, when you see what happens. But I highly recommend uh, that movie as well. All right. Good deal. Um, opening in theaters this weekend, uh, just to uh, keep your eyes open, a lot of wide releases. Uh, the Great Wall, the action film mm-hmm. with uh, Matt Damon. Uh, if you're looking for a comedy fist fight. Um, and A Cure for Wellness, which is... Um, Truly an odd-looking yeah. film, but um, intriguing as well. Um, Cure for Wellness and Wide Release. So those are your three wide-release films. There are a lot of others in uh, limited release, but uh, that's what's opening this weekend. Uh, and then kind of looking ahead, a um, couple weeks away, we've got the preseason of summer kicking off with a, another superhero film. Uh, probably the last time we're going to see... Um, the Wolverine uh, <laughs> on screen, uh, especially with Hugh Jackman. Uh, Logan uh, also stars Patrick Stewart. Uh, that'll be opening up uh, in just a couple weeks. And The Shack, which is uh, based on a, uh, a Christian book, um, that's opening that weekend as well with Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. And and then following that, you've got Kong Skull Island. So And then Beauty and the Beast the following week. So, you know, we really are already... Um, just a couple weeks away from that preseason for, for summer. And it's getting earlier and earlier every year. Last year, uh, we had it in uh, February when Deadpool just yeah. exploded mm-hmm. uh, and really surprised a lot of people. Any final thoughts or comments, Mallory? Um, not no, really. <laughs> you're good. All right. Well, uh, Mallory Moore uh, hanging out talking movies right here with us on Cinema Scene. You can email us at info at wgwg.org. You can also go to uh, our Facebook page and interact and share some thoughts and comments and maybe your own reviews there as well. And Cinema Scene USA is where you'll find us on Twitter. That's at Cinema Scene USA. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Mallory Moore. And for WGWG.org, Cardinal Web University Radio and Cinema Scene, that's a wrap. <laughs>